Praise the Lord and good day to you. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. We are discussing and have been the last eight weeks Bible faith in light of the cross. And I'm telling you, everything we look at, we look through the lens of Jesus, who he is, and Jesus, what he did at Calvary. And I mean everything and everything about your study, everything about your worship services, everything about your prayer, everything about you changes and enhances when you come back to Calvary and you begin to study the Word of God in its context in which it was written. And again, I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. Glad you're with us today and uh, whenever that day might be for you. But right now on this day, it is June the 18th, 2021, and we're going to be looking at some uh, uh, really interesting uh, things this morning concerning faith and how that faith of the Old Testament was different than the faith of the New Testament. I had a uh, a good brother asked me last Sunday morning, uh, did I think the Old Testament saints had the same measure of faith we have today? And instantly I just blurted out and said, no, no way. And then I got to thinking about it and, and we talked about it for a minute or so. And, and then I said, well, maybe they did, but the, that just Lord began to stir my heart and I began to go to the place where we can find what the Lord wants to show us when he's stirring our heart to be able to show us something, that's the Word of God. And uh, so we, I, I, I have some things I want to share with you today concerning the difference between the faith they functioned by under the Old Covenant and the faith that we function by under the New Covenant. And let me just say, starting out, it is different. It is different. And we will see the Scriptures We'll confirm, we'll verify that. And let me just say something concerning that today. Whenever we are attempting to understand a certain scripture, know this, the Lord is going to give you other scripture to explain this scripture. The Lord defines scripture with scripture. He explains truth with truth. It's 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 every witness in the word of God will have two or three at least other or many more other witnesses in the Word of God, not the agreements of men, not the agreements of boards, but God's Word helps us along the path with God's Word. God's truth is explained to us by God's truth. We must just be people of the Word if we're going to be people of the faith. And uh, it's going to be really interesting today, so grab your Bibles, your pencils, your paper, get ready. And we'll start this morning in Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, and I just believe the Lord is going to put something in our hearts today that's going to brighten the light, tighter uh, the hold we have on Him, and cause us to love Him more, depend upon Him more. Because what we need is a greater picture of Christ, a, a greater dependence upon Christ, a greater trust in Christ, a, a, a greater, uh, really just a view of His goodness and, and all that He's done for us. He, you know, uh, more and more the Lord shows me 
what the scriptures say about our Savior, that all things are for Him, from Him, by Him, through Him, to Him. And I, I'm telling you, when we say it's all about Jesus, it is all about Jesus. Nothing's being done that's not being done by Him through His Spirit that is that's bringing forth fruit unto God. And we need to remember that. Galatians chapter 3, verse 22. But the scripture has concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ, that the promise by faith of Jesus, not faith in, by faith, uh, just stick with the word, saints, don't try to change it. And if you stick with what the Word says, no matter whose commentary tells you, well, it really means this, no matter whose book says, well, it really means this, if you'll stick with what's written, God knows what He's doing. Amen? God knows what He's doing. And here when the Bible says, by faith of Jesus Christ, you better stick with that. And if you do, God will explain it to you. If you try to change it, you're not going to get what you need out of it. Oh, the church is bad about changing God's Word. And when we do, we don't get what we need out of it. I didn't say there's anything wrong with having an enhanced view. You get an amplified view by looking the words up and seeing their meanings. But listen, don't change it because somebody told you it really ought to have said this. Be careful with all that. But the Scripture has concluded all unto sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Listen, the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. And hang on to that phrase, the promise. And it's by faith of Jesus Christ. But before faith came, now this is talking about Old Testament Get ready for this today. It's going to bless you. But before faith came, what faith? Back up to verse 22, that faith of Jesus Christ. See, the Old Testament saints, they had faith in a coming Redeemer, but that coming Redeemer hadn't come yet and carried out the work perfect, complete work of faith. Grab a hold of this now. But before faith came, we were kept... Paul says we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith. Couldn't get to it, not the faith. Oh, they had faith, but they were shut up unto the faith. The faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll see it as we go along. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Here it comes, verse 25. But after that faith. You, why, why don't you just join me right now this morning? It may sound foolish, but we don't care about all that. Why don't you just say that faith? Yes, sir, that faith. You see, 
This faith we have today is called here that faith, and they didn't have this faith. You need to understand. They had faith, but it wasn't, it wasn't what we have. It's op- Watch now. But after that faith is come, what faith is that? The faith of Jesus Christ, verse 22. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, they had faith. They had faith, and we'll cover some things about that. They had faith, but they didn't have this faith. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. You and I ought to be jumping with shouts of joy, not just at hearing this, but we ought to wake up every day shouting the high praises of God that we have received, we have obtained this faith, that faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Faith in Christ Jesus. You you and I believing with the heart under that righteous work he carried out at Calvary. And we're going to look at this some today. I'm I'm not going to try to hang up. I want to give you what I've got here today so that you can be shouting right along beside me. Hallelujah. But I I wanted to start here today because, and we'll see some more scriptures this morning that even confirm what these scriptures are saying. That under the old covenant is a time called before faith came. A time when God's people, even those that had faith, even those that were looking for a coming Redeemer, they were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith. That means it had not yet been revealed. Look look at verse 23. But before faith came... We were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. They had faith, but they didn't have this faith that's been revealed in our Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Hallelujah. I want you to highlight those, make a note of those, go back and reread these. Uh, this is what a Bible study does. You hear the Word, you look at the Word, you, 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 you contemplate the Word, and you pray over the Word that the Lord would give you a deeper understanding. And then after our session, I pray, God, that you go back and look deeper into this, look more into this. I promise you, if you do, He will give you more. If you desire more understanding, He will give you more understanding. The saints of old, listen, the saints of old couldn't even go to heaven when they died. They just went to paradise. They just went to a place called paradise. Uh, another name was Abraham's bosom. And, and, and they, they couldn't go to heaven until Jesus came and lived by grace through faith. And, was, and was, he was crucified by faith. By grace through faith, and he was raised to life, resurrected by grace through faith. That's right. Jesus had the power to not only lay his life down, but to take it up again because he had that commandment of the Father. He lived a perfectly obedient life, and I'm so thankful that our Savior was perfect. That's what made him our Savior, without sin, without flaw, without blemish, that he could become that 
perfect Lamb of God for us, never committing a sin, clean and pure, holy and just, becoming our high priest eternally through his sacrifice for us. Now, there were certain promises, certain promises that the children of God obtained. And I'm going to show you a couple of places in Hebrews and I want you to look there. I want you to see these. Hebrews chapter 11, both of these are going to be in chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 32 and 33. The Bible says, And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and David also and Samuel and of the prophets. Watch now who through faith, see they had faith, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, did the work of righteousness, obtained promises. Get that? Obtained promises. They even stopped the mouths of lions. You see it right there in Hebrews eleven thirty three. But look on down to verse 39. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. <laughs> the saints of old, in verse 33, obtained some promises. The promises of that God had promised them if they would obey them in their time, in their situations, the word of the Lord that would come to them and, and found obedient to God. They, they subdued kingdoms. They did the work of his righteousness, showing forth the fruit of what God had spoken to them and his strength and power upon them by the Holy Spirit. They subdued kingdoms. They wrought righteousness. They obtained promises some of the promises, they, uh, one being they inherited the promised land. And other promises they were given that they obtained. They even stopped the mouths of lions. But when you get to verse 39, they all obtained, they all obtained a good report with God through faith, but they did not receive, everybody say it, the promise. The promise. They, 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 the Savior, the Redeemer, is the promise of who He is and what He would do when He came. They did not receive that, could not receive that because He had not come. Listen, that faith had not come. Verse 25, Galatians 3, go back. But after that faith is come, Oh, it's talking about the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. The faith that Jesus lived according to by grace through faith without flaw. That's powerful. That's wonderful. And we need to, we need to remember these things. That Jesus lived by grace, and here even confirms what we've been teaching for the last few years, that God's grace is what God is doing in man, through man, for man, to man. God's grace is not floating around just carrying us along till, till we're dropped into heaven one day. No, 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 my friend. The grace of God can only be found and experienced 
through faith. And th this is one reason that the people of the new covenant are much more responsible with what they have received than even those of old. Because we have received that faith. We have walked into, received, however you want to say, we have received the promises. We, we, we're not just obtaining some promises. We have received the promise of Almighty God. We've received that seed of the woman, that promise of a Savior. We have Him. He has us. We're the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. That's what we read in verse 26 of Galatians 3. For you all are the children of God by faith in Christ. In, in Christ Jesus. Highlight that. And the next time somebody tells you that we're all the children of God, no, show them this scripture. That's one of the purposes of, of, of the ministry. True ministry is to equip the believers, equip the saints for the working, for the work of the ministry, which is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And a part of that ministry is for us to pull scriptures out and show people when they make foolish comments like that, that we're all just the children of God. No, we're all in the world, the creation of God. But we're only those who are in Christ Jesus by faith are the children of God. Everyone else is the children of Adam, born in sin, of sin, living and bound in sin, headed to a destination as a reaping of that sin, which is hell for eternity, unless they're born again through faith in Christ Jesus and become children of God. Hallelujah. By faith in Christ Jesus. I share these things as reminders so that we can be equipped and, and be prepared to, to give these scriptures to a lost and dying world and even a deceived and backslidden and I'm not being ugly, but very, very ignorant church. Not knowing is what the word ignorant means. Not knowing a very, very ignorant church. I know what I'm talking about. I lived for years without the knowledge of the truth of God's Word. And you'd sit around in break areas and just everybody uh, uh, lost people and those who were saved who, who didn't know anything about it. But they got saved, now, but they were everybody throwing their two cents in. And my Lord, one day when I grabbed a Bible and begin to look in the Bible, I had one conclusion about all those times we sat around and everybody just threw their, their comments in. Nobody knows anything, but all you got to do is look in the book and it's been there the whole time. Hallelujah. It's there. It's the knowledge, the information, the understanding, the wisdom of God is here. And, and again, I share these things as a minister of God's righteousness, a, a, a gospel preacher, so that you can be equipped for the work of the ministry, the ministry of reconciliation. And there were certain promises that they obtained, but they never obtained, nobody in the Old Testament obtained the promise because the promise had not come. And it had to be 
Jesus, the Son of God, doing what he did as the Lamb of God by grace through that faith. See, that needs to be highlighted in your Bibles in verse 25. That faith <laughs> is a, a different faith. The faith of Jesus, hear me now. <clears throat> this is powerful. The faith of Jesus Christ is flawless. It, it didn't happen and then not happen. Let's look at something. I got it here for you. This is, the Lord's been ministering this to me for the last couple of weeks. John chapter 8, verse 29. Jesus makes this comment that's so profound. And, 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 and really, it's beyond our understanding when it comes to the experience of what he said. Not for him, but, but sometimes... We might even struggle with the possibility of it because we're so flawed and, and so, so horribly uh, uh, by, uh, you know, transfigured by sin that came rushing into the heart of man and the world. But Jesus makes this comment in John 8 and 29. He says, I always please the Father. See, that's powerful. God can't be pleased without faith, Hebrews eleven six. It's impossible. It's not hard. It's impossible to please God without faith. And men of old would be given instruction by God and, and, and they would carry that out, but not in a flawless manner. They would, they would carry it out, but along the way involved in all that, they would, they would mess it up. There they would be a part of them involved in it, and, and they would carry out the Word of God. Faith would come, and they've heard God. Faith would come, and they would carry out the, the will of God that glorifies God and blesses them and allows them to inherit some promises along the way of certain things for them in their day that God had promised but again, that faith, this faith we have today has not, had not come. And Jesus comes and he says, I always please the Father. There's never a moment. There's never a word spoken. There's never a deed carried out. That the Father is not pleased with me. That means that Jesus, by grace through faith, lived his entire life. Every word, every action, every thought, Jesus said to confirm what I'm telling you, Jesus said, I don't do anything unless I see the Father doing it. I don't speak a word unless I hear the Father speak. Total obedience. That faith. Oh, you need to be shouting this morning. That faith. That faith has come. That faith. You see, this is powerful, and we're going to see a little bit more of the encouragement of what I'm trying to share and remind us God's Word teaches us. I can't impart anything to you, but I can, listen, I can share and impart the gospel. I can put the bread of life on the table, and those who are hungry can begin to eat. My goodness, gracious alive, God's been good to us. Hallelujah. We're not living under the law. Let me say something about this. When we go back and dabble under the law, whether we know it, realize it, doesn't matter how ignorant we are of it. 
it still happens. While we're dabbling in these programs and these things, these schemes that Satan and our flesh team up along with the sin nature to bring into the church such as the purpose driven, the, the government of 12, the, the words we speak. Faith in anything other than the cross of Christ is faith in what we're doing. Jesus did the work of righteousness. Faith in anything other is faith in us and what we're doing. And though we're called to many good works, they're all in Christ Jesus. That means through faith in Christ Jesus. And when we become a part of these programs, even under the lie that these are some of the new things God is doing and these things help us to... Under no, no, no. They distract us from what we should be looking at, the simplicity of Christ. They, they distract us and they bring us back through the distraction that they are, to, to try to make us live as though we're under the law again or maybe go back under the law again. And when we are under law or living as though we're under law by trusting in anything other than Christ and His sacrifice, hear me this morning. Doesn't matter all the millions who disagree with this. They're still in a state of ignorance and bless their darling hearts. You know the joy and the peace and the confidence and boldness that you've received now that the Lord has brought you out of all that place where we were kept. Even us Gentiles were kept under the law. You don't believe it? Read Romans chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Even the Gentiles were kept under the law. And it was manifest through our conscience, through our, our thinking, and that we accused each other of sin or ourselves, condemning ourselves, or we excused each other of sin if it was benefiting us. Romans 2, 14 and 15, write it down, look at it later. Everyone is born under the law, bound under the law, whether it be Jew or Gentile. And when we have those who've been born again through faith in the blood of Jesus have received that faith has come and we've received of that faith. And we'll look at it, but we've been given the measure of that faith. When we go back and dabble under the law with do's and don'ts and these days and ho these holidays and don't eat that and only eat this and all that beguilement, all that beguilement, hear me today, then we're shut up again unto the faith. We're brought back to a place of being kept under law, under some law. Shut up under the law. Everybody that's under the law functioning according to the law, listen, they're shut up unto the faith. You, can, you can't participate in the faith, this faith, that faith of the Lord Jesus Christ while you're functioning by faith in what you eat or don't eat, what day you do this, how long your sleeves are, how long your hair is, what you put your faith in. Listen, <clears throat> A lot of people are saying, no, that's just the fruit of... No, 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 my friends. That's not, long sleeves is not the fruit of Christ. 
And it, those that, those that want to wear long sleeves go right ahead. But when you tell other people they need to wear long sleeves when they come to church, you, you reveal what your faith is in. And it's not, you're not functioning. You're not functioning by the faith, that faith that's come of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're functioning now through faith in self, faith in what you wear, faith in what you eat. And those are, those, those things are all in the church ushered in of Satan so that we will go back and be kept under the law Shut up unto the operable faith that's only in Christ, the simplicity of Jesus Christ. God's not using these programs. God's not using anything that's not pointing to the cross with the answer of the cross being the only answer for every, not just sin. Hear this, saints. Not, we're learning that it's not just for the forgiveness and the deliverance of sin. This faith in the in Christ in His work at Calvary is not just to be forgiven and delivered and to find the grace of God to, to live where the sin nature doesn't dominate. But faith, it, it requires faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary to have grace in your life at all. If you don't believe it, start studying the book of Galatians. You'll find the Lord through Paul telling the church there, they've fallen from grace what they're trusting in now is, is the circumcision they've been talked back into. Nothing wrong with being circumcised, but if you go back and you put your faith in that, and you can't mix, if you mix, you become weak in the faith. Romans 14, the man who's only eating herbs, thinking he's getting somewhere with the Lord, growing spiritually, maturing, being conformed in the image of Christ, he's, he's really showing God how spiritual he is by only eating herbs, Paul calls that man weak in the faith. And you got to be careful when you're weak in the faith. We're weak in the faith, Paul said to the church in Corinth, because we're not discerning the Lord's body properly. Weakness comes, sickness comes, and sometimes death prematurely comes, Paul said. We got to be careful. So let's, let's keep moving here today. Jesus authored and finished this faith we have received all at the cross. I've been saying this lately and it's been encouraging my heart greatly. Jesus claims in Revelation 1.8 that he's the beginning and the ending. And it's really not even in that order. He, he, he ended at the cross in his death. Everything that would one day totally be abolished, destroyed, find its place of destruction in the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. And in that same moment of death, he also became the new beginning without end of all the things that God would do in and through men. It's called by grace through faith. He became the new beginning without end of all that God would ever do without end. It all happened right there at Calvary in his death. Everything that God will ever put to death, everything that God will ever destroy and damn and curse and put away forever and ever, he did it at the cross. Now the manifestation is not yet taking place, just like the manifestation of everything that, that Jesus became the beginning to that is eternal is not yet manifest. But the Bible says in Hebrews 2 and 9, we do see Jesus. We do see Jesus. We don't see everything 
as the way it really is yet that God sees it, but we do see Jesus. And if we keep looking just to Jesus and what he did at Calvary, my friend, don't leave Calvary out. If you do, you're going to end up with another Jesus. It takes the cross to have the Jesus of the Bible. And you need to, you need to understand that. And let me, let me read this. The, the finished work of Christ at Calvary is that, that's where he authored and finished our faith. That's where he authored it. He offered it. Get this now. He authored this faith because the faith he brought with him is a perfect faith that always pleases the Father without flaw. He lived in such a way that every word, every action, every thought, everything about Jesus was a perfect. It was by grace through faith without fail. That faith is what God was looking for. Listen, it's what God required. It's what had to happen. Jesus had to live a perfect life at all times, be able to please the Father, just like he declared in John 8, 29, I always please the Father. You need to get a hold of that a little bit more today than you ever had it before. Jesus always pleased the Father. That didn't stop when he died on Calvary's cross. He was still pleasing the Father. But that death on the cross, that obedience unto death on the cross is the very moment that God offered that faith to all who would ever believe upon him. The cross is what makes the difference between the faith of the Old Covenant and the faith of the New Covenant. The faith is offered to us through the righteousness of Jesus Christ, which only flows out of what he did at Calvary. Get that. Isaiah 32 and 17 says that the work of righteousness is peace. Get that. Colossians 1 and 20 says he made our peace by the blood of his cross. So what Jesus did on the cross by the shedding of his own blood, being humble and obedient unto death, is the work of righteousness that resulted in our peace and quietness and stillness of soul. Go back and make a note of Isaiah 32, 17. And notice there the fruit of the work of righteousness, which is peace. And its effect there in Isaiah 32, 17 says is, is quietness and assurance. Glory to God. Quietness of soul. Assurance in, in our souls that Jesus is the Christ. He's the Son of God. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. He's our confidence. He's our assurance that we have now this faith, that faith pointed to even uh, of those under the old covenant. And, and this is powerful. And now let's look at this a little bit deeper. Romans 10 and 10 declares that with the heart man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So righteousness here is equated to salvation. Whatever has happened in the heart... The mouth confesses that, which is salvation that we've received by grace through faith by trusting in from the heart that work of righteousness carried out by Christ at Calvary. And that's the only avenue 
by which faith comes and by which faith works. Let's look at that. I'm glad you wanted to see it. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Look at it. I'll give you a second just to get your Bible. Flip over to it. Pull that smartphone out if you can. If your hands aren't busy at work doing something else, pull it out. I want you to see this today. Maybe it's the first time you've ever seen this. Maybe you've seen it before, but God's going to show this to you and I today even in a greater light because that's what He wants to do. That's what He's attempting to do. Show us the truths that we've received in a brighter way so that we can have a greater assurance because it's there for us. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained, it's something we've obtained. We didn't just conjure it up. It didn't come out of us. No, this something, we've obtained it. We've received it. <coughs> that have obtained like precious faith with us, Peter says, through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, the righteousness of God is what God offers through our Savior, His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and what He did as the Lamb of God at Calvary. Romans chapter 3, verses 25 and 26 says that the declaration of God's righteousness was made through the faith in His blood. That means God declared His righteousness from the cross. That righteousness that brings that faith the faith he tasted death by grace through. Hebrews 2 and 9, Jesus tasted death by the grace of God for all men by faith. Hallelujah. Are you getting that today? We've obtained this like precious faith through the righteousness of God. The moment we believed in our hearts that Jesus was the Son of God and that Jesus was sent because God loves us to pay the price that we couldn't pay for our sins. A dead man who's dead in sins can't pay for anything. <coughs> he can't walk before God, stand before God. He can't even approach God unless he comes by way of the blood of Jesus. And because Jesus, the Son of God, became the perfectly humble and obedient Lamb of God even unto death on the cross. That is the work of righteousness that offers us something the Old Testament saints didn't have. That faith through the promise. And let me say it again. In Hebrews, we read about the Old Testament saints that obtained some promises. The promises of what God had promised them would happen if they obeyed Him. But none of them, Hebrews eleven thirty nine, 39, none of them received the promise. But all of us who've trusted in Christ and what He did at Calvary as the Son and the Lamb of God have received Him who is the promise. We have the promise. We have that faith. And, and the Lord has measured out of that faith the measure of faith. That faith and has given it to us. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that wonderful? And... and 
when we believed with the heart unto that righteousness, that work of righteousness, we obtained, we received that faith. The measure of that faith was dealt to us, Romans 12, 3. I hope you're writing these things down. And God equated us believing with the heart unto righteousness. He equated that and imparted to us the justifying position of the faith of Christ. What He did to justify us. What He did in obedience to grant to us the position of obedience. Romans 6, 17, and 18 bear this out. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart. Obeyed from the heart. God calls our believing from the heart unto His righteousness, the gospel, the message of the cross, who Jesus is, the Son of God, and what He did there on the tree, on the cross, as the Lamb of God for our sins, hallelujah, and all grace to save and deliver and to live and to function in this life, all the grace we'll ever need by faith. That's where it was offered, authored, and that's where it was actually carried out and completed. You and I are walking in a finished work, an authored and a finished faith in Jesus. As He was on this earth, He authored that faith. He brought that faith and He also finished that faith in His death. And that's why the object of all humanity, the object of faith is only one that God has offered and that's the cross of Calvary, the cross of Christ. For there we step in to that faith. There we walk through the steps in this life of a finished and completed work. But you and I are called to follow along in the footsteps of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says in Psalms 85, 13 that righteousness went before Him and has set us in His steps. That righteousness that He tasted death by grace through faith for us to be able to receive that which He did at Calvary and there alone. That's the only avenue that we obtain this faith by. And it's the only avenue through which God declares us obedient and allows us to bear forth the fruit of obedience. And there's two different things mentioned here. When we're born again, we become obedient because it's the obedience of Christ that God has declared us obedient through. But yet that's our position. God is now in His children looking for the fruit of that obedience, the fruit of that righteousness, the fruit of that grace, the fruit of that approval that He's placed upon our lives. Study to show yourselves approved unto God. Study the Word, for their faith can come if it's in its righteous context, and it must be in its righteous context. That means it must always be seen in the light of the one who claimed to be the light and what he did at Calvary on the cross to turn that light on because all of God's words are in 
righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. And only in the gospel is that righteousness revealed, not just initially, but get this, from faith to faith. We live by faith. We walk by faith. And faith comes by hearing God's word, but in its righteous context. That's why the church has been in trouble for decades, teaching a wrong faith, wrong objects of faith. If the cross is not what we're trusting in today, and we're trusting in what my preacher said, if I'll do these three things, then God will save me. If I do these three things, or even this one thing, God will deliver me. That's law. And it, may, it causes me to be kept under that. And it keeps me shut up unto that faith that has come that only works through the righteousness is offered and imparted through the righteousness of God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you're grabbing a hold of this today. I hope you are beginning to see just how deceived and backslidden most of the church is. I call it 99.9, .9, and I believe it with all my heart that the ignorance that's in the church, most pre Almost all preachers know not of what I say, and when, and when they hear it, they run from it. Because, and here's the main reason why. Faith in the sacrifice of Christ after you've been born again, my friend. Faith in the cross, preaching the cross, pointing to the cross, means that you're stepping away from being in control. And now you're offering the Holy Spirit control. He's not in control except your faith be... Now don't get me wrong. Don't take that and run with it the wrong way. The Lord's in charge of everything. He's in control of everything. Even those who are blaspheming Him. Even those who are taking the choice that He gave them. Choices of God. <laughs> in the silliness of man. I'm not believing in God. I'm not trusting in no God. I can't see God. I'm not lifting God. That's what men say. Well, that's your choice and you're using something God gave you in spite of you. And you need to understand that. But let me, let me go back to this main point. When we're trusting in anything other than the very death and the work of Christ on the cross, that measure of faith that's been obtained by us initially at the born-again experience when we humbled ourselves and accepted the way of the cross as the way of Christ, as the only way of God to get us into the kingdom. When we are moved away from that faith and start trusting in something other, that faith no longer functions. The faith we've been given, the faith, Paul says in Galatians 2.20, that we live by doesn't work when we try to use it in any other object than the cross. We, we talk about mixing faith. The measure of faith we've been given can't be mixed. We can... Go back to an old faith that the people of old put their faith in this, put their faith in that, and put their faith in all these things. But, but 
that's a place where we're kept under law, kept under law. And there, listen, there is no grace found under law. None. The grace of God calls us out from law, redeems us from the law. There is no grace of God under law. Again, that's why Paul told the church in Galatia, you've fallen from grace. You're walking in a place now because you've believed these men that told you you can't really be saved unless you're circumcised. You, you really are not saved unless you're water baptized. So much silliness and foolishness out there today. You're really not saved unless you're baptized in Jesus' name and you come out of the water speaking in other tongues. Their faith is in what they're doing. Their faith is not in the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter how they try to twist it, their faith is in what they're doing. And if their faith is not in the cross of Jesus Christ, the measure they were given at the born-again experience, if they got born again, it won't work in other things. So when we talk about a mixture of faith, the only way we can legitimately say there can be a mixture is if I'm trusting in Christ and what He did at Calvary this morning, but this afternoon I'm trusting in something else. Well, I'm mixed, but the measure of faith can't be mixed, it cannot be mixed with any other trust in something else because it won't work there. When you try to put and use the measure of faith you were given at the born again experience, when you try to use that faith from the promise that comes to you through the promise at the born again experience, when you try to use that faith based on some word you're seeing in the Word of God, if it if it's not pertaining to Christ as its object and what He did at Calvary, the fruit of that is only going to be the fruit of man, the fruit of man's works, not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. See, again, that's why we must have preachers and teachers of righteousness, not just uh, 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 using God's Word outside of its righteous context because when we're listening to preachers use God's Word to point to any other thing than the cross of Jesus Christ, and I'm not talking about throwing the word cross in at the end of the sermon to try to justify that I'm right. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit expounding to you line upon line, precept upon precept, the living Word of God in the written Word of God. His name is Jesus. He is the living Word of God. And faith that we were given at the born-again experience that came through the righteousness of God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, it can't mix with anything else. When, when, we're, when we take and we are distracted and we're, the Bible says in James, we're carried away through the lust of our own flesh to trust in all these other works that are only the works of men, not the Holy Spirit, even though we'll have goosebumps and we'll, some people go to their grave believing it was a move of God, but it wasn't a move of God. If it's not the truth of Christ moving you, it's not God moving you. I don't care the cute phrases we've heard over the last several years. If it's not the truth of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth ministering to you and guiding you into all truth, it's not, it's not the Holy Spirit moving you. You can hang on to the, the, just the feelings. You can hang on to the emotions. You can hang on to the sweet little phrases that really can't measure up to the Word of God. If you want to, it's our choice. But if you want what's real, 
If you want to live your, a real life as a real Christian, a real child of God, and go from faith to faith, the righteousness of God must be continually being revealed to you in the gospel, through the gospel. The truth is the gospel. Proverbs 12 and 17, He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. That's a confirmation right there of what I just said. Jesus said when the comforter, the spirit of truth comes, He's going to reveal the truth to you. He's going to guide you into all truth. He's going to speak that which pertains to me. He's not even going to speak of His own behalf of that which He hears from me. Get this now. The Holy Spirit only speaks truth. We know it's the Holy Spirit because He's showing us that righteousness we've obtained, that righteousness that He brought us into, that righteousness that brought us the promise, the faith that the Old Testament saints didn't have. They had faith and they received some promises, but they didn't receive the promise like you and I have. Hallelujah. That's good news, isn't it? You ought to be shouting the high praises of God. This has been one of the best broadcasts in this series to me, and I hope that you would take the time to share it among your friends, your relatives, your coworkers. I hope that you've written some things down and that you would continue to learn the truth of God's Word. When the Holy Spirit, you, you know it's the Holy Spirit you're hearing because He's showing you righteousness. Again, write that down. Proverbs 12, 17. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. And righteousness is that which brings the faith. We obtain this faith initially by hearing the truth. That is the gospel. The gospel that is the truth. You cannot separate them. And if we're going to go from faith to faith, then we have to continue to hear the truth, which is the gospel. The gospel, which is the truth, and it brings faith by hearing. But when we hear the Word of God and faith comes, it's the righteousness of faith. Romans chapter 4. It's the righteousness of faith. It's the righteousness that is the fruit of our faith. It's the righteousness of Christ that is the fruit of our salvation. It's the righteousness of Christ that is the cause of our salvation. And it is the righteousness of Christ that is the fruit of our salvation. This is how we discern who the true and the false ministers are. Are we seeing righteousness? That which is of God through the faith of Christ Jesus when we hear the Word of God preached, taught, if we're not seeing that righteousness, then we're hearing the Word of God being hailed by someone out of its context of righteousness. Romans 1.18, and the only thing that can become of that there in Romans 1.18 tells us is ungodliness and unrighteousness no matter what we think is godly and righteous. If it's not faith in the sacrifice of Christ, it's ungodly and unrighteous and puts us only in a boat that's sinking that has a form and such a look and a name that it's alive, but it's really dead. Come on, somebody. 
Oh, this has been a great broadcast today. I hope that you've been encouraged. I hope you've written these things down. I hope that you'd go back and listen again. I hope that you'd man, make a CD of this, pass it out to everybody you know. They need to hear this. I'm talking about Christians need to know what they've got. They need to know that to whom much has been given, much is required. And we have, according to the Scriptures, been given much more than the saints of old. We've received the faith, the promise, and we are now responsible, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2, that we better be given the more earnest heed to that which we've heard so that it won't slip away because if we neglect this so great salvation, how much more are we going to reap? How much more are we going to reap than those who rejected that of old. Oh, we need to have ears to hear today. Ears to hear the truth. Ears to have the hearing that brings true biblical faith in light of the cross because only in light of the cross does the righteousness of faith begin to take place as fruit in our lives. I'm glad you've tuned in today. Uh, we when I When I broadcast from... My study, it, it's not YouTube live, but it will be cast there later. So please go there and share that YouTube channel. And if you've yet to like or subscribe to our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, please, please, please do that. I think we're only 40-something or 50-something subscribers away from reaching that mark where uh, we can YouTube live from even right here. So whether you watch us all the time or, or if you never do but you're seeing this, please go again, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and subscribe so that we can broadcast to YouTube live even in settings like this without, without having to be in other places and other equipment. So thank you for your help. I pray that God will have stirred your heart today and at least caused you to go and look at the things that you've heard. To, to confirm what you've heard, not just to believe some preacher somewhere, but to confirm with your own eyes, with your own heart, that which you've heard today. And help us publish the Word of God. Pray for us. I pray that the Lord touch every one of you and impart the truth that every one of us need and that God would move mightily in the areas of your life in which you're crying out to Him for your family, for yourself, for all the situations in your life. He is faithful. You can approach Him by faith in the blood of Jesus and you can obtain that mercy and you can find that grace. We have so much more, so much better promises today because we have received the promise. We have partaken of that faith, the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ that has come and we live by that faith alone. And it only works in what He did at Calvary to be able to give us that faith and to show us how it works. Don't forget, you can sow into this ministry at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to 903-314. I'm sorry, 903-231-5950. Again, 903-231-5950. Talk for an hour. Gotta go. God bless you. 
<coughs> love you till next time. Stay determined. Know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.